everyone. Hi. Hello. Happy New Year. Welcome to the first episode of Allison Rosen's New Best Friend of 2024. Joining me in the studio is my husband, Daniel Quantz. Hello. Happy New Year. I am so honored to be on what I think is the best episode of the year so far. It's, It's definitely up there. Yeah, definitely top one. Top one. So listen, uh, you probably didn't see this coming, but I'm going to start with Snack Chat because I have something to say. Tony, hit it! Snack Chat! Okay. So we went out to dinner to Tam O'Shanter the other night. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've listened for any amount of time, maybe not any amount of time, but Tam O'Shanter is this restaurant. Blah, 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 who cares? They have carolers. It's very holiday-ish. Paul F. Tompkins is always there, although we haven't seen him a once this season, but I spoke with his wife and found out he has been there. He's just been, perhaps <laughs> he he's Sc- camouflaged. He went with Scott Ackerman, I found out, when I listened to Comedy Bang Bang's uh, year in review. Yeah, he has been there. It's just every other year we've seen him, but that's not the point of this. The point of this is, I ordered something, corned beef platter, which is so... This is since my dad died because he really liked corned beef. Like I always liked it, but I never, I would never order corned beef. I'm a, like, I'll have a shrimp cocktail. I'll have the salmon, I'll, you know, something like mm-hmm. dainty and girlish. And then I'm like, no, bring me the beef and make it corned. Um, but anyway, it came with peanut, with their quote unquote, their famous peanut coleslaw. Oh. Now, if someone had said to me, would you like some peanut coleslaw? I would say no. Oh, that sounds good to me, actually. Really? It doesn't sound good to me. I would say, you know what? Hold the nuts. But I have to say, because I just had a couple bites of it now, because I didn't, you know, we we took home much of the dinner. Mm -hmm. Did you just fall asleep? No. Do you wish you were asleep? No, you said hold the nuts, and I was swallowing a... a, a, Some nuts? No, swallowing a a jab, a jib, a jib jab. What was it going to be? That's what I say. That's not a jab. No, not a jab. But a repost. I need to, full disclosure. I mm-hmm. am not feeling great. Yeah. I'm like a little bit lightheaded and battling something. So not the top of my game today, folks. Mm. Okay. I'm just over here gargling nuts. <laughs> Wait, is that what they say when they're sick? Yes. I think, yeah, I think it's like, oh, are you under the weather? Yeah. I'm just over here gargling nuts. Just gargling yeah. lots of nuts. Mm, right. Like your mom, and then you get take offense, and it's like, no, I just mean your mom was under the weather too. Right. Anyway, peanut coleslaw was surprisingly good. It was very good. Yeah. Oh wait, did you? How do you know? Because you gave me a little bit of it. Oh. Also, the corned beef was was good. Really good. Like maybe the best corned beef I've ever had. Really, I wouldn't go that far, but it was. And this is the second time we went this season. Where has there been better? Like, um, watch it. Careful. My nope. Irish no. landlords when I lived in Brooklyn. All right. And they like, I, no, excuse me, Italian, Irish and Italian. 
They right. invited me to their Easter feast one night. I just knew you could get it at a restaurant for God's sake. Not some family recipe from the old world. For God's sake. For God's sake. This is what I'm dealing with. Anyway. Um, yeah, the other time we went, they recommended the brisket. Again, not something I would order, but I'm like, whatever, over the corned beef. And I have to say, not brisket, lousy. And I, last time, I got the famous prime rib. Mm-hmm. Very good. It's always good. It's a Lowry's restaurant, so mm-hmm. they, that's what they do. And this time, I thought, you know, I'm going to get the toad in the hole because the last time, last season, mm. this the portions weren't that good. I got mm. the toad in the hole, and there wasn't much toad. Lots of hole. Right, more hole than toad. And toad being frog meat. Yeah. Uh, no, it's beef. It's like a, it's, it's like a, a stew. Yeah, it's like a stew inside a, a light pastry puff thing. Pastry thing. And Hence uh, so I saw, oh, their portions are better this time, so I'll order it. And uh, I kind of wish I'd just gotten the prime rib again. Really? I had a bite of your whole toad, it's and I thought good, it was good. But it wasn't as good. As the prime rib. Not as good as the prime rib. And thus has been Snack Chat. Tony, play what we play when we close out Snack Chat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make him go nuts because we don't play anything when we close out Snack Chat. And that was Snack Chat. Oh, let's do it at the same time. One, two, three. And, and that, that was Snack, snack chat. chat. Look at us. We're like, uh, you know, uh, Ernie and Schmizzle. <laughs> Ernie and Schmizzle? Yeah. I was going to say. Um, that duo that used to play at the Dresden. We're like Rizzoli and Isles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the show, but yes, they would always sing. Sing, they the, would sing when they shift. I think it's a procedural, but what kind? Crime, law. It's, I think they're PIs. I think they're PIs who also are surgeons, <laughs> so they work in an ER solving. Oh crimes. my god! Let's oh. talk about our giant realization about the eye doctor professor bitch. Okay, you've so, already mentioned this, I think. No, I haven't. Okay. We had this among you and me, but I have not mentioned. I feel it. like you've mentioned it on the show, but go ahead. Really? I don't know. Go ahead. I'll make it fast then. Uh, Doubt it. When I was pregnant, uh-huh. I had a dream. <laughs> that is the only time I've ever had. And Jenna Kim Jones had this too. I think when you're pregnant, sometimes you right. begin to have dreams that your partner is going to cheat on you because suddenly uh-huh. you're much more Feeling vulnerable. Yeah. So I had a dream that Daniel was cheating on me with a red haired woman who was both an eye doctor and a professor. Hence, this drop, eye doctor professor bitch. So I recently went to an eye doctor who I realized, oh, I'm looking for, sorry to be so like, oh, my dad died, but he did. Um, I realized like, I think I'm looking for a dad because he was older and he was so nice and patient and um, like really took the time to talk to me about everything and I just really, really liked this eye doctor. And also, and then Daniel's like, oh, you're the one who's going to cheat with an eye doctor. And I said, and he also is a professor. Mm. So it turns out that I had a premonition. About your about own infidelity. With an eye doctor professor. Yeah. But I don't think I have feelings for him in that way. Yet. Have, have at it, honey. Go ahead. Really? He's your, he's your hall pass. Go nuts. <laughs> I have permission? Yeah. And it. yours is Juliette Binoche, right? Yeah, or someone who looks vaguely like her. Like 
Anyone could look vaguely like her. Uh, you know. Well, give me an example. Who's a Juliet Binoche like? Any brunette. Any brunette. Pretty much. All no. brunettes kind of look like Juliet Binoche in, in that they have the similarity of uh, brunette the same hair? color hair. No, what's interesting is I was sure that you liked Marissa Tomei, but that's not you, right? No. You've I mean, never... I, don't, I don't think she's ugly or anything, but she's not. I've never had a like thing for her. And you've certainly never had a thing for Kira Knightley, right? Because I think whoever no, liked no, Kira no. Knightley also liked Marissa Tomei. I actually... There's certain uh, actresses that are considered, you know, really hot or whatever that I just don't, they just don't appeal to me. It's so stupid to say that. It's like, as though like I'm like in (laughs) the market, it's like, yeah, I'm in the market to purchase an actress or something, you know, like I I pass on that one. (laughs) It's just a weird thing, right? Like pass, 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 pass. Get the fuck out of here. Um, Karen Knightley, uh, Julia Stiles. Um, Wait, people think Julia Stiles is attractive, a hot number, didn't they? I mean, she's always been unusual looking. I think. Uh, Sybil Shepherd. Oh, really? Uh, Sybil doesn't do it for you. No, they all have some quality that I think. Prominent jaws? Is it the jaw? It might. Yeah, it's something about the face shape. Get out of here with that face shape. (laughs) (laughs) What about Glenn Close? No, not for me. Daryl Hannah. I mean, she's a she's right. yeah, yeah. Uh Laura Dern. Well, I love Laura Dern, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything negative about Laura Dern. But? But nothing. Do, would you have sex with her? I would do anything for her. <laughs> not for her, with her. For her, would with her, Would you have sex for Laura Dern? <laughs> if Laura Dern wanted me, I would have to oblige. Okay. Um, there was someone else who has a like a... A mannish, a bit of a mannish face. Um, Uma a, man, a manish, fa- manish, manish, <laughs> manish. Uh, a manish, manish fa- face. A manish face isn't necessarily a turn off to me. Uh, okay, well, I'm just trying to find the common denominator of these ladies who you're mentioning, and they all seem to have a masculine quality to their job. I don't know if that's the the what I would say is the quality. What is it? What would you say? There's a fl- they're flat face. Flat. Mm-hmm. Like there's something about their cheekbones aligning with their chin, like the line. It's just like, like I think Karen Knightley has a bit of a underbite. Sybil Shepherd, and who was the other one I mentioned? Julia Stiles. Yeah, maybe she's just I don't know. It, it, this is not important. Who the fuck am I to judge these women? You know, well, yeah, they're all accomplished. I'm, I'm making you be- do this. They're be- clearly beautiful, accomplished women. I'm a fucking schmuck. I, I, you know, whatever. I'm just saying, like. There are certain times when there's like someone who's put up on a pedestal and I was like, oh, and sometimes you're just like, I don't know. That's how I have always felt about Tom Cruise. Yeah? Yeah. I, he, I've never I've never found Tom Cruise to be like, oh, yeah, would do. I feel that way about uh, Angelina Jolie. I don't, what? Yeah, I, but she's so pretty. I don't think so. You don't think she's pretty? Well, clearly she's pretty. But I'm not you, saying she's pretty. She's just not my type. Like, I don't find her... But I'm not people like, think I am a spitting image for Angelina Jolie. You're, you're I'm like you she's are, the poor man's Allison Rosen. Uh, I think with her, maybe it's because she looks so much like her brother. I went to film school with her brother, so to me, it's like you just—it's like him. him and drag. What oh. was he like in in film school? Uh, what's his name? Jamie. 
very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I liked him. Was he Jamie Voigt? Yeah. Uh, but I think he was a little reclusive, although I think it was mostly because he knew that we knew who his dad was. Mm-hmm. So he was just like a little bit like, probably, I imagine if you're the son of someone really famous like that, you're protective, like who sure. wants to be my friend? Why do you want to be my friend? Kind wait, of Wait, but you think, it, oh wait, was she famous yet then or no? No, in fact, it's funny because in film school we'd have to do, you know, we'd have to make films and one of the guys in my class partnered up with Jamie and needed an actress. And so his short film stars Angelina Jolie. Oh, that's so neat. It's funny. Um, especially if you know who it was, it's like, oh, uh, that's amazing. Wait, why? It just, uh, it's just not someone who was like a flashy director type oh, okay. guy. You know, he was like very, very cool, nice down to earth dude, mm-hmm. but just not the kind of person that would, you would think would finagle a big right. star, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. He uh, he was clearly socialized in. It felt to me like he was socialized in a in the in the world of money and fashion mm-hmm. a little bit. Like his sensibilities were different. Like he was coming from a different place from everybody, and it, and and so it was a little hard to relate to him. But just very nice. Just mm-hmm. just a sweet guy, uh, soft spoken. Whatever happened to him? Yeah, I don't know. Didn't we see him at Bob's Big Boy? I felt like maybe or you th- it was maybe him. you thought it was sure. him. Yeah, I wasn't sure. But uh, but did he become a filmmaker? I don't know. You know, I auditioned for a student film once. So this was back when I was wanting to be a child. <sighs> what? I mean, booking a student film—that's that's some high. Uh, that's some high honors. It was at USC, actually. Mm. And this is back when I was wanting to be, you know, a child actress. And so they sent me on, I was auditioning for other stuff and then they sent me on audition for this and I did not get the job, mm-hmm. but the experience of, of auditioning for that student film was so different than auditioning for something that was not student run. Like I wasn't home, you know, it was pre cell phone. Right. I was at home the next day when they called, but she talked to my dad and said that I wasn't getting the role. Oh. Like she called to let me know I wasn't getting it, but that I was so good and thank you so much. And like, that's really sweet. That is sweet. Casting directors do not do that. No, uh, I think, you know, if you're an actor, it's worth it to. Pretty good I, experience. I always felt like there should have been more. There was, I mean, I'm sure it's different now, but when I was in film school, there was surprisingly little uh, interaction between the theater department, the acting d- school, and the film school, which always blew my mind because you're like, this is such a natural. Like, right. Uh, I don't think I cast anybody from the theater department. They never would audition for any of our stuff. Wait, who did you cast? People you knew? Did you you'd hold just auditions? put a casting call. You'd put a, an ad in Backstage West, and then you'd get like a fucking thousands of headshots and then you just go through them and call people for auditions but like um but we would work with the music department there because it's like a really really good music school and there are people who are studying music to you know compose for Mm -hmm. film and stuff so uh you'd get really talented people to do your music but i don't know i think they've changed that though i think things are different now Hmm. You know what? Let's listen to a call because I put out a solicitation for calls regarding how is it going out there and then also what's your New Year's resolution? Oh, yeah. We got to talk about New Year's. Yes, we do. But first, 
I want to remind everyone, subscribe to my subscribe to my newsletter. Start the new year off right. Get yourself a subscription to my Substack because you guys don't be left out in the rain. It's important, and it's important. Yeah, it's important that you. It's important. Did I say important? No. Oh, but you are saying it. Yeah, it's important and important. Um, no, I'm writing about the experience of finding out I was Jewish. As you know, my dad lied to me. Wait. I know. Sorry, I didn't tell you. I feel like you should have disclosed that before we got there. Yeah. I've never written about it before, and it's coming out in installments. And uh, it's just, it. it's uh, it's something that you would probably like to be a part of, is all I'm going to say. Allison is a great writer. Go subscribe. Thank you. AllisonRosen.substack.com. Just go to AllisonsLinks.com and you can find everything. Okay. And also I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash AllisonRosen. Patreon. And that's a buttload of fun as well. And there's an annual subscription and you get two months free. All right. Here's a call. Well, new best friend. So my New Year's resolution is to stop taking shit from my five-year-old. And I'm hoping that I will prosper with this and it'll go well. I mean, good luck with that. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to not take shit from a child. Are we about to have a five-year-old? Yeah. Man, I tell you, this has been rough. Having these having, two children? Having kids. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fucking thing. I know. And your mom, who came for Christmas... Usually when she comes, she stays for two weeks. And then we're like, cool, see you in two weeks. Not really. But we sleep in and we, we had just... one lousy week. Yeah, and then it turns out, oh, look who has New Year's plans. All oh, the... I'm sorry. I didn't know that you make <laughs> plans with people that aren't us. And by the way, when I say look who has New Year's plans, it's not us. All of a sudden. It's your mom. All of a sudden, my mom has a life. Yeah. What It came out of, of nowhere. It is that. So now she's heading back. And we aren't going to be able to sleep in. And we are going to have to get up early, like most human beings. But I was sure enjoying sleeping in. Yeah. Fuck. I, you know, I don't know what to do. About her? No, about sleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sleeping in. It's just... And you didn't sleep last night. I couldn't well, we'll sleep. just do what we normally do, which is take turns. So one of us will get to sleep in. Huh. What about you just getting up early every morning? Well, you know, I tend to do that, actually, because it's easier for me to get up early than you. So I maybe... do need to start getting up early, though. So I just need to start doing it. Ugh. What's your resolution, Daniel? Do you have one? <laughs> yeah, I should probably think of it. Want to think of it while this call plays? Okay. Oh, you can take as long as you need. I don't want you to like just hastily throw one together. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if I have thought of one. I have one. Okay. And it came about recently. Oh, right. You know what it is? Mm -hmm. What? Not be so reactive. Yeah, to be less reactive because I recently found myself steering down the business end of qu quite aggressive and I felt irrational, unfair email mm. from someone that I'm very close with. Mm -hmm. And instead of doing what I wish I had done, which is to say, you know what? This is getting heated. Let's take a breath, maybe sleep on it, and let's get on the phone tomorrow. 
I was like, oh, really? And then I fired back. Now, I do not regret anything I wrote. I didn't say anything. You know, there was no like low blows or I didn't say anything incredible. I thought you were pretty fair. I was. But it came from a place of like, it, it came from a heightened emotional place. It didn't come from me thinking about what's the best outcome here. And if so, for no other reason, the, the other party, you know, give them, give them a second to yes. calm down. Yes. I just instantly went into like, you can't, you know, my, my emotion was like, you can't treat me like this, this is unfair. What the, f-? like, what the hell? Um, is that where I was coming from? No, not exactly. That came after. But I think I was just coming, whatever. I wasn't calm. I just would like to only act when I'm in a when I'm in a calm state of mind. There was nothing that needed to happen in that you know twenty minute span. I have a feeling I'm going to have a couple resolutions, but one of them might have something to do with, or su- might surround the idea that uh, I don't want to. Spend any emotional energy or invest anything into relationships of any kind that do not bring me any kind of joy or bring joy into my life. Oh, I like that. That is a that hard are, one to do, but I like that, that. Like, if a person is a drain or if they are, uh, um, you know play games with me or whatever. I mean, I've, I've been able to do this in the past, I guess. Sometimes I've regretted it, sometimes not. But like, I think that generally speaking right now, I spend some time feeling guilty about, mm. oh, am I doing enough for this person? Did I offend this person by, you know, not putting forth more effort or whatever? And it's like, why am I worried about putting, not putting in enough effort into something that yields nothing? Right, because you're not, no one is, you're not comfortable with just being like, you know what, this doesn't work for me. Um, and part of that is just, all, you know, the... the. Are you breaking up with me? No. What Part of that is just like, there are relationships where they are yielding nothing and I feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're not yielding nothing because of anything I'm not doing. They're not yielding. Right, you're putting in the work. Like I've tried... And, you know, I don't know. I'm being, I'm being vague. It's interesting. I, I see. I don't even know who you're talking about. I'm thinking a lot about family. I'm thinking a lot about like, uh, I guess I've been thinking a lot about how I don't really have any good memories from my childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I was thinking in the shower today. It's like, I can't think of. Like any good memories, not even and I don't, one. Right, no, and I'm like that. I bet that doesn't mean that there aren't any. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe this is my. I was forced to be around a lot of shitty people, and so I have I have a lot of shitty people in my family. A lot of them I have cut off, but mm. you know, it's just like whatever. But um. One of the things I want to do, maybe this is another uh, New Year's resolution, is to try to remember good memories and then bring them into the foreground and try to like 
rewire my mental scrapbook. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And sort of like take out all the shit I do think about, which is all the shitty shit, and put in these things that must be there. There, I mean, I I can't think of any, but I'm sure there are good memories. Yeah. Uh, and put those in there and and then focus on them, maybe meditate on them or something so that my, because I'm, I'm sick of my, of thinking about my past. Mm-hmm. Like I'm tired. It bores me. Like, it's just like shitty, you know, mm-hmm. I, I read a study that was like people who have shitty childhoods don't have much of a memory. It don't remember things from their childhood mm-hmm. very well because if your brain doesn't hold on to those memories. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've always marveled at people like you who remember everything from their childhood, like all these things all the way back to the first grade. It's like, I don't remember shit. I don't remember. I mean, like I have sort of flashes of memories from here and there, but mm-hmm. like it is not, not much. Uh, and I, I don't know. I'm sort of rambling. But. What was your, what's your earliest memory? You know, it's so impossible to know what is an actual memory and what's... Pictures? Yeah, like... What's... Aunt, well, what's... I remember... I remember being in my crib, I think. Like, I have oh a couple gosh, of memories. That's early. I have a memory of being sick when I was really little. Like, I would have been like one and a half mm. because my dad was still living with us. I have a couple memories of being like of my dad still living with us. And my, my dad left when I was one and a half. So mm-hmm. that's pretty young. I remember one memory of taking a nap with my dad in this be- in the bed and it was during the day and he snored mm-hmm. and thinking of laundry on a line. Mm-hmm. And so every time he, and just thinking of the wind blowing the laundry and it was like the windows were open above the bed and they were like this, of course, it was like the seventies, so it was like the color. I, I remember them being this like maize color, you know, that like, like golden, that golden color, mm-hmm. and the wind kind of coming through, and it was just this peaceful moment with my dad. Aww. That's so sweet. Is that a good memory? Yeah. So things like that, maybe I can I can put in there, but watching Grease two at my grandparents' house over and over is that <laughs> HBO. I don't know. Didn't your grandmother do something with blueberries or something? Yeah. I would go, I'd spend like a few weeks in the summer with them in Philadelphia and we would go to this farm where you can pick your own blueberries mm-hmm. and we would get like buckets of blueberries. So so the whole like two weeks, everything had blueberries. It was like blueberry pancakes, blueberry ice cream, blueberry this, blueberry that. Um, yeah, that was good. So that was I, a good memory. I found myself like in terms of trying to change the mental scrapbook or just even change your mood or anything. I found myself feeling very upset over this email exchange um, with this person who's very close to me. (laughs) And I don't know why I'm saying it like that. It was your optometrist. It was his ophthalmologist. Ophthalmologist, Thank you very much. He went to a little more school than an optometrist does and he teaches. Um, Yeah. And I was, it was that sort of like agitated, like, I have to do something about this. I have to let them know X, Y, Z. They can't, you can't treat Alison Rosen that way. I don't mean, just, I'm just kind of joking, but, 
but I'm, I think everyone is aware of those feelings, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like I have to somehow let the, you know, I have to, I have to, settle the score straighten this out da, da, da. and then i was just like you're hurt this is coming this you're feeling all these things because you're hurt mm-hmm. you're hurt and it, it feels like you it was unfair and and then i was just like forcing myself to make a gratitude list in my head and mm-hmm. just thinking in like till i felt like it just to change my thoughts just like going over and over and over like I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the ophthalmologist pr- professor. Thankful. I'm just kidding. I didn't say him, but I'm thankful for. And it was. It was like a really. It felt almost like. Um, it felt cinematic and a little bit OCD of just like forcing myself like over and over and over to say these things. I don't know. I don't it's know. hard sitting with an uncomfortable feeling. Is hard. Yeah, I mean, um, this is where if you were Buddhist or something, you could your practice of detachment would probably be helpful you know, and meditating on the meaninglessness of it all and the impermanence of everything and kind of puts things into perspective so that you're not worried about the, you know, the little dramas that come up here and there. Yeah. You know, it's like... It's just like, this is something you and I have been talking about before of like letting go without anger. And... The two options, when I'm in this state, the two options are fine, then fuck you, A, or B, I have to fix this. What's hard is the detaching without fine, then fuck you. I think I think I was even preaching to you about it, and here I am in that state. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe being able to recognize when... um, when the situation is caused by something out of your control. So Mm. it's like, oh, this is happening because this other person is going through a thing Mm. or is believing something that I have no control over. Like, you know, I... Yeah. And going like, well, that has nothing to do with me. I I can get frustrated that I can't change their mind. I can get frustrated that I am unable to, you know, um, that they can't see me you know, and they're just seeing what they want to see. But like, that's understanding that that's like happening because of their personal psychology that's, and they need to work that out. It's not something you can work out for them. You know what it feels like? It's like if someone drove up to my house, got out, punched me in the jaw, and then said, that's because you stepped on my toe, and then (laughs) ran away. Uh And I was like, but I didn't step on your toe. Uh-huh. And my jaw hurts. And now, so it's like, but what? It's this what of like, oh, I can't believe you just hit me, A. And B, I can't believe you think that I did that thing to you, which I didn't do. Mm-hmm. So which do I try to rectify first? Do I try to make them understand that I didn't step on their toe because they can't hear me right now because every time I open my mouth, they're like, I, you know, I'm fucking done. And they're making me feel like I'm already on thin ice, A. Or, no, there's no AB here. Do I do that? Or do I say like, hey, that wasn't cool that you hit me in the jaw. Or do I say, which I think sadly has to be the case, I'm dealing with someone who is in a state where they're lashing out at people they think hit them and step on their toe. 
And even and I have to know that I you know who I am. I know who I am. Most people know who I am. This person who loves me right now doesn't know who I am. But I'm just going to let them sort their shit out instead of going repeatedly going back to get hit in the jaw again. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. That was a good, decent analogy, though, right? Yeah. Well, I get it. I know the situation. Yeah. I, you know, I did talk a little, like more than I should have, on Todd and Allison after hours about it. So it is, it exists behind a paywall. That's that's my other Patreon with with Todd Perry from Upperly Weekly. Excuse me, it's Allison and Todd after hours. It's alphabetical. Um. So I, I, I was like, I don't want to go into the details. And then I went into some details. So it is there if you need it. Patreon.com slash Allison and Todd. But don't repeat it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know. I don't know what to say. You know, um, especially in matters where you've got, you know, I'm not saying it is in this case, but family can be especially thorny because. There's family and there's grief. If there's, if it has to do with someone close to me and my yeah, family, yeah, there's grief and and in family, it's like so often people aren't dealing with each other in a in a real way. They're dealing with uh, the projections right. that they have put on the other person, and so there's this kind of like you're not talking to me. You're talking to what I represent to you. You're talking to this you know uh a projection you know and it's like i wish you just wish they could understand you and see you but the person isn't going to be able to do that because you insist on it they're not going to do that because you're you plead with them they're going to do it because they're they get to a place where they're ready to do it you know i'm realizing really and then let's move on because this is probably like agitating that we're not giving the details, but we can't. This person has been upset with me. We know this since the summer. I mean, I think she, this person's been upset with you for a long time. Okay. But specifically something regarding the summer. And I thought we had moved past it or something. I didn't realize it was still so raw. And then I came and I was like, hey, can you do this thing? that you that you had agreed to do months ago and then they were just like how dare you ask me for a thing you know what you did that is in essence like right. i'm realizing cuz part of the confusion was how this person was so enraged like out of the gate mm -hmm. and it's because how dare i ask for anything i would put it this way in their mind you're you if there's a ledger yeah. you are real you are really in debt yeah and so for you to ask for anything is an outrage because you're so you're so in debt. How dare you ask for something? You should be paying your debt, you know, so to speak. So, well, I think that's dumb. Let's listen to a call. But I can go like, I think that's dumb. Fuck this person, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is like, I am actually close to this person. I don't want to be fighting. Yeah, there's some people where, you know, you, it's worth working it out, but... I just don't think working it out is an option here unless I'm going to like It takes two shit. parties to work it out. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the Middle East. It's like you need both parties willing to work it out. Mm -hmm. It's you can't have in a relationship you can't have 
any kind of peace any, or any kind of resolution of an, an argument or anything if one party is just obstinate right and not willing to listen or and not even agreeing on what the reality is yeah it's just like so if you're the other party you just go well i guess i'm gonna wait until you fucking yeah. <laughs> come around like i'll be here Ugh. hi Allison and daniel it's uh sarah from ontario canada um things are pretty rough not gonna lie um my mom's starting breast cancer treatment soon so I guess my New Year's resolution is to just make it through the year. Um, yeah, that's all. Okay, this was Sarah from Ontario. Sarah, thank you for calling in. I'm sending so much support to you. I have been in a caretaker role. Um, it is, it's intense, but when it's someone you love, it's tough. Um, I don't want to weigh in, obviously, on your mom's case. I don't know anything, and... um you're not a doctor. I'm not a well. You're not. An I'm oncologist. in medical school. No, but the good news is now I could be wrong, but I don't know how early they caught it. But breast cancer once was a death sentence, and now it is. It has a pretty high cure rate. So, knock on wood that that situation applies to her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it that's doesn't rough. make it easier. No, it doesn't make it easier. But um, I would say Sarah, like it. I don't know your situation, but if let's assume, you know, you're going to be asked, there's a lot's going to be asked of you. Um, I would say try to find some way to take care of yourself in the middle of it all and, um, you know, protect that thing, whatever that is, so that you can connect so you can kind of ground yourself and connect to yourself and recharge your batteries um and you'll get through it i recommend therapy therapy is good there's lots of ways going to the gym um take up jogging both um take up a new craft learn learn a new skill you know something that makes you feel good to do it Whatever makes you feel good when you're doing it, then do that and and make that a priority for yourself. But also therapy. Uh, listen, does Wendy's snoring make you think of laundry? <laughs> Wendy is in the room snoring. Hi, Allison. Hi, Daniel and the rest of the crew. I love all of you guys. Just wanted to wish you a happy 2024. My name is Benedicta. I live in Northern California. I um, send you all the love and feels this year. Uh, I, too, have lost a few people close to me, so I feel like we've been grieving together. And so my wish for the new year is to get more time outdoors. I'm a wildlife photographer, and I find being out in nature gives me a lot of peace. So that and maybe adding a few more books to my life would be nice. All right. Have a great year. Yeah. Thank you, Benedicta. I love that. Um, and uh, I love that people are grieving with me, even though I would not wish anyone to experience grief. Imagine feeling peace outdoors. I feel peace indoors. <laughs> well, I mean, Northern I'm an California photographer. is a great place to, to be. Yeah. I mean, it's so, so beautiful up there. Um, yeah. I... Uh, 
I think I, I need to be reading more books. Me too. I feel like I don't know where to start reading books, though. Like, I have some books, but it's like, the I don't beginning. know what I'm, I just, <laughs> I always start in the middle. Uh, I don't know what I'm in the mood for. Mm-hmm. I'm just never in the mood for anything I have. I don't know. I, it involves quieting your mind enough to just be like, I'm going to put down all the other bids for my attention and just focus on this book. That's what I have trouble with. I mean, I, I, it might be easier for me now because right now my threads is just full of fucking Middle East shit and I'm sick of it. And so, and I don't do Twitter. So maybe, yeah, maybe now's the time. I want to get Wendy snoring on mic because it's so loud. I wonder if I can. I don't think the mic can stretch all the way. Let's see. And then we'll get back to important show stuff. Daniel, see if you can. I don't want to like jostle this too much though, but just give me a little, uh, move your drink. Okay. I can't stretch it any further. Oh, there. Can you do it? Can you guys hear that? I mean, she's having a, a wild dream. I like when uh, researchers are like, we've discovered that dogs dream about their people or like dogs <laughs> like it when you say I love you. It's like, I love that. Did you interview 20 dogs? Like, how do you possibly know what they're dreaming about? Yeah. I, you know. I'm the, sure they have their methodology, but I, you know, I follow, uh, follow i subscribe to a couple channels on youtube that are really good like science channels Mm -hmm. where they um will take you know things that have been published in science uh journals and talk about you know what does this mean what are the new discoveries and that sort of thing but so much science that pops up on your feed like your news feed things you'd see in cnn like scientists say it's it's like it's almost always proven wrong later. Yeah. Like, I just don't, I don't know. When they say that stuff about pets, it's like, okay. Or remember where, when they were like, hey, it turns out that if you have one drink of alcohol a day, it it's like, Lowers helps long je- Yeah, yeah it tur- and now they've, oh, actually that's bullshit. And alcohol is really bad for your body. And it's like, yeah, that's what I would have thought. That's what I would have thought too. <laughs> like, uh, who were the assholes who said that it was, you know, how many people started I'm going to drink a glass of wine every night and now they're alcoholics because they fucking thought they were, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know what though? We have an email that I want to read. Okay. This came from Michelle Holland and she said, when my husband and I got divorced, I was so mad at him that I bought the Hey Go Fuck Yourself ringtone and used it for his texts. Two years ago at my daughter's wedding, we hooked up. Then we started dating again and fell in love. I've kept that ringtone because it's ironic and we get a kick out of it. I just moved back in with him. And as a tiny grand gesture, I wanted to change his ringtone to Hey, I love you, but you don't have it in the merch. Is there any possible way you could sell it to me? Fingers crossed, Michelle. P.S. I love you. And then I said, oh, oh my God, this is an amazing story. Let me figure this out. Um, also, would it be okay if I read this on the show? And she said, yes. Um, anyway, it, it is available. If you go to um, patreon.com slash Alison Rosen, there's a thing 
where you can buy stuff, whether you're a patron or not, like digital files. And I have some ringtones in there and I put it in there for Michelle. But I just, I love that story for some yeah, reason. Nice. There's something, I don't know. The part that made me go like, oh, is when she said, um, when she said, uh, two years ago at our daughter's wedding, we hooked up. Then we started dating again and fell in love. I don't know why that's so sweet. Just they the idea of like again. falling in love again. Yeah. With someone that you had. I think we'll fall in love again. I don't know. I hope so. But you're making a lot of noise. Oh, sorry. What is yeah, that? I probably won't as long as I'm doing that. Scratching the table. <laughs> why? I don't know. What was there something sticking up on it? No, it's just like a thing I was doing. It's not. But I want to see specifically what was making the noise. Do the table. Scr- oh, God. So annoying. There was dirt there. I was trying to get. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. You know, if you're going to do some scratching, there's like an orange spot on our gray cabinet in the kitchen. Take that itchy finger and go scratch the orange off of the cabinet. I don't know what it is. Some kind of sauce or something. (sighs) Uh, Do you think we'll ever fall in love again? I mean, they say it can happen. What would what would kind of circumstances would have to happen? Do you think we'll ever experience that one great love of your life? No, I think that's bullshit. I was joking, but explain. I think lo- love is fake. <laughs> that's not where I thought you were going with that. No, I'm kidding. No, I think you can probably fall in love with many people. You have to be able to, or else it'd be hard to find that one person. I don't think love is um, a limited resource. So... You can love, it's like when you have kids, it's like, you know, you love your second kid as much as you love the first. You you don't like decrease the amount of love you give right. your first kid in order to have enough for your second. It's no. just a never, it's an ever expanding resource. And you think that romantic love is that way too? Uh, I think you can love multiple people. I don't think that you can nurture the love for multiple people that's a good way of putting it so you can you can have that feeling of of that deep like caring for another person and they're in your heart and you you love them but you know when you talk about like the kind of love that you have in a relationship that's a different sort of beast it's practiced and it it, it takes work and it's a upkeep there's a whole bunch of stuff you have to do it's terrible but (laughs) I guess it's worth it. (laughs) For what? What part of it's worth it? The podcasting? I'm still waiting. (laughs) I got some followers out of it. That's true. So I guess it's worth some, you know, certain number of followers, I guess. I don't know. Listen, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you're finally organizing one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. I told you guys my resolution, which is to be less reactionary Mm -hmm. and to pause and i feel like that's a reasonable one and i actually i've already talked to my therapist i brought that up with my therapist no i didn't oh i didn't because the whole thing happened after therapy that day that was my the bummer of it i had therapy in the afternoon and then that evening but you will be fire i will be having therapy again 
I know I was talking about being reactive, though, probably my behavior on social media. Anyway, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Best Friend today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, BetterH-E-L-P.com slash Best Friend. Okay. So let's talk about, speaking of social media, Mm -hmm. um, Todd Perry, whom I love, who has two tortoises and with whom I do a podcast, got all up in my noodle Mm -mm. earlier when we did a show Mm -hmm. because he wanted to know what is going on with me on threads? <laughs> because he's noticed. Is he's he doing noticed. an intervention? I mean, I don't think it was an intervention, but then I asked a question and then it did turn into an intervention a little bit. Because he's like, every time I go on there, people are just saying like the worst, someone called you vermin. Like I'm like, oh yeah, it's bad. <laughs> people are saying the worst shit to you and you're just firing back all the time and you're making them look foolish but it just seems to be con- like m- this is it's all the time, multiple times a day. It's just so much. So I explained. Um, but I said, you know, so for anyone who doesn't know, I have I'm like a professional troll on threads. Threads is the social media part of Instagram. And it's much smaller than Twitter or X, I guess, or it's actually part of Facebook, though, but it feels small and contained. So I'm not, you know, super political on this show. I'm not super political on Instagram. I'm not super political on my Substack. I'm not super political anywhere. But I've just decided that threads is the place where I'm just going to be like outspoken and argumentative. And um, and I have been. And every time I go to threads, my follower number goes up a little bit. So like people are liking it, but it is like this content, like sort of a contentious part of me mm-hmm. that doesn't exist in these other spaces really. So I have been feeling like it's this hit. I was saying to Todd that like, I regard it as this like hidden little thing. Like it's not in public, it's just this hidden little thing, but it's Facebook. And I should like probably remember, I should probably be careful. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, do you think that I am doing damage like do you think this is going to negatively impact me and he's like i don't know i mean like when i see someone having a political tirade blah 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 blah. and i was like why don't really consider it a tirade i consider it like a strong opinion Mm -hmm. but um he's like you know i don't know like if a if a future employer were to go back and see all this you know, who knows? Because who knows what they think? And like, they're, you know, they're going to look fast. They're not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, well, she meant this or she meant this. He's like, if it were me, I would erase all of it. He's like, but I'm a coward. Why and it, you, but there's nothing offensive. It's not like you're out there. Is there? I mean, there's. I don't you, think so. You're stating your opinion. Okay. And that obviously is going to offend people who have a different opinion. I don't know that, um, like, sure, like there might be some employers that don't want a person who has a public opinion, 
But I don't know that you have, like, I feel like your thing is being honest about who you are. You're not right. one of these, like, spokes people who's just a cipher, you know, a pretty face selling a thing and no one really knows the real you. Mm-hmm. Like, you bear it all, warts and all. Like, you're, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's kind of your whole thing. And to, a little bit, to not have talked about politics has been sort of the one area that you don't disclose partly because it's just like this isn't the forum for it right we he did acknowledge that i do it in a funny way yeah okay good like i feel like this show i would i would be really hesitant to ever talk any kind of politics on it just because it's occasionally if something strikes me as like super important you know then i will say something but i just in general but i've never i've also never felt super duper informed about politics to talk about it like the what i've been talking about is the middle east and i do have a personal feeling about it being a jewish person one thing yeah and you and you make sure to kind of talk about your own personal point of view yeah one thing that is so annoying and this is just across the board is just like how many people like will you know, I don't know, watch a TikTok or read an article and then they will post a thread where they are educating us about this thing. It's like, excuse me, <sighs> I will I will fucking hear from the experts. Yeah. But not fucking you who heard it from some nobody on TikTok. Right. And you just learned this thing and now you're going to educate me. That annoys me. But uh, I don't know, like it could easily cut the other way. Like... I could just as easily see somebody is, you know, looking at you and your position and going, Oh, we like her. It could, it could, well, that's what I, I mean. I mean, you just that don't has know. been happening with the number going up. It's sort of like, I just. Do you think he disagrees? I mean, it sounds well, to me like maybe he disagrees with your, your position. My, it does sound like that a little bit. It mm. does sound like that. Well, no, I don't. I don't know. He actually sent me something like, here, this should help your argument. And it was just about like, you know, the article about. um, The New York Times article? No, it was it's about how like the leaders of Hamas are Qatari billionaires. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like um, I he's a little more centrist in general. He's more centrist than I am. Um. I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I think to him, it's like, you know, during Me Too, there were comedians who were all day, every day. It seemed almost like screaming about the situation. Right. And it was like, oh, this person is like on one. Like they are fired up. And they have turned their whole public presence into this. And maybe I don't want to get near that because they seem so angry, even if you agree with them. And I just wonder if that's how I appear. Like, I don't think so, though. I don't know. You're going to appear all sorts of different ways to different people. Yeah. Um, It has been a bit surprising to see you be so fired up and mm-hmm. trolly and going after people like it's certainly not what i'm used to seeing from you uh i think it's funny um it's distressing to see how much hate like there is out there and how people just generally speaking like people have no room for nuance so they just like they'll 
they won't hear what you're saying. They'll hear what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. They, they, they'll respond to what they want you to have said. And then they'll, you know, they'll come in with some insult. It's just gross. Like, I don't know. The, the whole, I have been tempted to be more, um, I mean, I, it's not like I've hidden my opinion, but to be even more outspoken. And sometimes I just pull back because I'm like, do people really need to hear from me? <laughs> Like is my is my contribution that important? And you know, I risking you what know, the blowback. I don't know. Like I don't want to. It's hard when you know that someone might misconstrue what you're saying, and then get the wrong idea about you, or um, would be hurt by anything you would say. And it's so hard with social media to to actually be understood. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is a format that favors brash, over the top, declarative statements. And uh, so I don't know. You know, I'm realizing he, Todd must not have my opinion. Because if he did, he would say what a lot of people say who ha- who share my opinion, which is like, thank you for trying to speak out about this. A that lot takes of people lot. appreciate it. I don't know. I, I, I mean, here's the problem. I feel I'm on the right side of this. Oh, me too. Um, so I'm not embarrassed to be to state my opinion. And if it turns out I'm on the wrong side of it, I'll I'll admit it. Whatever. Yeah, me too. Um, but I just don't think I am. Uh. I have had many sort of so-called debates with people who've, you know, to be fair, like our, our listeners come at me very in a very measured way. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate, I, I appreciate the back and forth, but I don't feel like I've ever really like changed anyone's mind. So kind of feels like, Oh, I can tell you why I believe what I believe in the end. Like it'll be up to you to, you know, take it in or not. I, I just, I guess I feel like, taking a step back from this. Mm-hmm. Now, I think I mentioned this before, but I think that one of the things I really, really don't like about this moment in our culture is how fucking obsessed, how, how focused, like laser focused people are on trying to determine who is a bad person Mm -hmm. and who is a good person based on their opinions. Like here's the thing about opinions and worldviews and belief systems. They are shaped by a person's personal experience, which you don't know jack fucking shit about. You don't know how limited their experience is. You don't know how broad their experience is. You don't know why they believe what they may not have been exposed to the things that you understand, or they may just have a different point of view. It doesn't mean they're bad people. I I don't know if it's because of the Trump thing that we've just gotten into this cycle, but it's like sickening to me that how many people say you're fucking, you're, you're, you're a piece of shit. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, why? Because they have a disagreement with you. Like, fuck off. Well, that's sorry. (laughs) I don't want to cut you off. Well, no, I, I just think it's a really toxic bad way to exist like judge someone on their behavior if i'm out there doing something bad judge me on that but if i have a belief that disagrees with you like 
you know, have some room for that. Yeah. Just say, okay, fine. We fucking disagree. Like we see it differently. You know, maybe the things you've read, I will read in the future and I'll come around or vice versa. Like, can we all just like chill out? That has been something I've encountered on threads is why is it so important to you that I agree with you on this point that I don't agree with you on? We're two idiots on threads. We're not making public policy. <laughs> like I at s- the end of the day, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like I heard everything you said. Right. I will admit it's I I'm really sickened yeah. by the loss of life. It's really awful. I don't want it to continue. Uh-huh. Just because I'm not labeling it the exact same way, it doesn't matter. Like I think it's a product. Allow, allow me to have a separate thought. I think it's a product of people feeling really powerless. Yeah. Like everybody in our culture and in our society feels, we all feel extremely powerless. And when you're when you're faced with something as awful as what's happening and what has happened, there is this extreme powerlessness mm-hmm. that you feel. And so people try to like not feel powerless by saying, well, I can get online and I can protest and I can do these things and I'm right. not powerless. But you fucking are. Right. Like I'm sorry. Yeah. You are. Okay? I'm I uh, you can uh, you can argue that point, but I'm right. <laughs> Your vote doesn't matter. Like the, it just But doesn't. still vote, please. Yeah, vote, sure, vote. Right, but one single But thing. like your vote for president, it doesn't matter. Okay? Uh But still vote. Yeah, vote. <laughs> um like it's being faced with our inability. I can't influence a goddamn thing that happens over there. Mm-hmm. My opinion about it is it's my opinion, but BB Netanyahu ain't listening to me. <laughs> Fucking uh, the leaders of Hamas Simar. aren't listening to me. Like no one's listening to DQ. They should. They're well, not. Along with the Imagineers. I mean, let's start local. <laughs> the Imagineers need to, I fucking need to get the ear of the Imagineers so bad. Uh, I saw a thread uh, and this guy was like, you know, he's pro-Palestinian and he posted some thing about some children who had died or something. And he was like, you know, it's time now to get on the right side of history or so you better get on the right side of this. And I almost replied. what? Yeah, I almost replied or what? Yeah. Or what, dude? Like, okay, what if I am on the wrong side of it? Who gives a fuck? Mm. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Honestly, like, I, wh- what are we talking about here? What's going on? Like, I, like, I'm doing my best to understand things. I have a fucking life history that that informs the way that mm. I believe that you know. And no one wants children to Nobody die. Nobody wants that. It's no. deeply, deeply and say, awful. And when you say on either side. To the opposition people, oh, what you want is for people to be raped or what you want is a genocide or what you want is children to be killed. Then you are acting in bad faith Mm -hmm. because you know, you know that that is not what that person believes. It's like fucking. Especially, especially if you've been listening to me. For all these years, you know who I am. You know what I stand for. Yeah, it's a, I didn't suddenly change overnight. I just see this differently. I, we may we have a different idea of what's best for the people who are suffering. And you may listen to that and think, dude, how is that possible that you can think 
I get it. You don't understand. You may think that my position is disgusting. But can you just take a step back and realize that I don't have any fucking power here? We're just trying our best to understand this thing. We all want what's best for the people there. Okay. Uh, Emma Vigeland, I had to stop listening every, I used to listen to the majority report all the time. Uh, it was like a daily listen. I listen you. now every, a couple times a week just because I, I want to listen to all the people who I have that I um, trust mm-hmm. and what they have to say on either side. But like sometimes, like Emma Vigeland over there, she was talking about how you can't talk about the rapes on October, on, 7th. On October 7th. If you do that, then you are racist because you are perpetuating the racist idea that they are savages or something. It's but like, it happened. But it fucking happened. What, this idea that it's racist, you're just throwing that out there. You, you know. Just, sorry. You, you just spit on me. <laughs> know, you know it gets my blood boiling. It's like you know that it's not. Does she not believe that it happened? I don't know what the fuck she believes. Because oh, I, can't, I can't imagine someone that intelligent mm-hmm. and that informed but who knows these days yeah. what anyone believes. But it's like, I guess if she doesn't believe if she doesn't believe it happened, then I can sort of understand why you would think, like, why would you believe that? Right. That's like a racist thought. But like, hey, can we just like like not be so quick to to label a person a racist just because they may have a belief or want to talk about something that's uncomfortable? Like that doesn't mean they aren't racist, but like these these things. That, what do they talk about in in like cults? It's like conversation stoppers. Mm. It's like they are they are tools to stop conversation. Right. You're when you say that to me, when you say that I'm a racist because I want to talk about something that I feel deeply affected by, and I feel like is an important thing to 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 face and to think about and understand the atrocities of October yeah, on seven. both fucking sides. Okay, yeah. Um, but I, but today I want to talk about this one. Yeah. Doesn't mean I don't want to talk about the other one. Right. Today I want to talk about this one. Me wanting to talk about that. If you say that I'm a racist for wanting to talk about it, that tells me that you are acting in bad faith because you are trying to stop the conversation. You know full well, I'm not fucking racist for wanting to talk about that. You know, I'm racist for a whole slew of other things. (laughs) Okay. Uh. But not that. (laughs) Okay. Wow. This is an intense but, Jan first episode. I, okay. <laughs> I was like, for a second, I'm like, we should just now settle down. But now now I'm going to get to the thing that really fucking pisses okay. me off. Okay. Then we'll play, play a voicemail. Can we talk about, and maybe I'm going to talk about this every fucking year now. Oh, no. Every how year? New York fucking city has somehow made the song New York, New oh, York. Yeah. A New Year's song, and it is not a motherfucking New Year's song. And look, I love New York. Did you talk about this last year too? Uh, probably. It pisses okay. me off every year because <laughs> every year the ball drops, everyone gets all excited, and it's like two seconds of Auld Lang Syne. Mm-hmm. But they, they, every year it's shorter. Yeah. It's shorter Auld Lang Syne. Should, it's oh, Auld Lang short. New York. And then they launch right into a long ass <laughs> version of New York, New York. And it's like, motherfucker, I'm in L.A. Mm, If that shit's not followed up by I love L.A., 
my, you know, but it's like, what, what, how, why do we all, and everyone just blindly signs off on it. Sheeple. As though, as though this is normal. This is normal that a city has branded itself with the new year. Mm. Mm. Fucking ridiculous. I need people to start writing your senators. Yes. Call, call your reps. Call your reps. If you are nervous, I can give you a script. Go to your city council meetings. They have open sessions. You can talk about anything. Talk about this. I want to see videos of people talking at their school board meetings. Thank you. New York, New York is not a New Year's song. Someone had to say it. Thank you for for your bravery. (sighs) Hey, Allison and Daniel. This is Kristen. I'm in St. Louis. And, um, yeah, I've been a huge fan for many years since, uh, since you launched the pod, uh, this iteration of it, I guess. Um, I was not around for the Ustream, but anyway, um, how's it going? It's going good. Um, I started a new career path this year, um, as a Salesforce administrator, um, which is sort of a tech direction that I was not in before, and it's been going great. Um, so, yeah, no complaints, a great relationship, all that stuff. Um, so, New Year's resolutions. I want to get back into therapy. It's been a few years, and even though things are mostly really good, um, I do believe it's important to keep up that maintenance and there's definitely some uh some you know lingering family matters and things that uh inspire me to stay in therapy so i think that i ought to do that so that's what i'm looking at for 2024 i hope you guys have a great one yourselves happy new year and again this has been kristen in st louis thanks kristen in st louis appreciate the name sandwich Congrats on the new direction in your career. And I say kudos to getting into therapy, especially getting in when you're not in a crisis. Because then, you know, you can really tinker, fine tune, feel good. St. Louis, underrated city. Do they have have a New Year's song? (laughs) Meet me in St. Louis, Louis. Meet me at the fair. How does it go? I don't know. It's like, meet me in St. Louis, Louis. I don't don't know know it. Let's hear it. Um, well, good for you, Chris. I think if you feel like maybe you should get into therapy, maybe there's something pushing against the back of your psyche that wants to be uh, thought about, worked out. Going into therapy when you don't have anything pressing is actually great because then you can really get get under the hood. Yeah. Keep talking. I'm uh, looking for this song. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, therapy. therapy oh, Meet Me in talk. St. Louis is a musical comedy? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. Okay, what see is what I just said. Let's see is what I meant to say. Okay. When Louis came home to the flats, he hung up his coat and his hat. This is Judy Garland. He gazed all around, sure but is. no wifey he found. So he said, where can Flossie be at? A note on the table he spied. Who wrote this one? He read it just once Nicole uploaded it. I don't know who. Nicole. Yeah. Good job. We dear, it's too slow for me here. So I think I will go for a ride. 
Meet me in St. Louis, Louis, meet me at the fair. There's a person named Louis. Don't tell me the lights are shining any place but there. Isn't this just suggest a simpler time? Oh, yeah. I will be your Tootsie Wootsie. Tootsie Wootsie. If you will meet me in St. Louis, Louis, meet me at the What year? Uh, let me find out some info. What year is that? Okay. It is from 1944. Mm. And let's see who wrote it. Um, wait, I just, found, I just saw something that it had to do with like the, oh, here we go. Is it like Rogers and Hammerstein? Wait a minute. What? Mimi in St. Louis is a 1989 musical no, based on the no. 1944 film of the same name about a wealthy lawyer's large family and blah, 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 Household living in St. Louis. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, my Lord. Um, and their excitement and anticipation of the family and the city on the eve of the 19... 19- Oh four World's Fair. Hugh Martin and Ralph Blaine wrote it. Was the arch built for the fair? Sounds right. I feel like I've never been to uh, those world's world fairs sorry. are so interesting. Like so many of the world monuments, city mon you know, famous monuments were built for the world's fair. And then it just stopped happening. Right. Like bring it back. What's the feeling of Missouri? Have you been there? The feeling of Missouri? Yeah. Is it Midwest? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's Midwest. But um, St. Louis had, I mean, I was young when I was there, but it kind of also has that like, um, isn't it on the Mississippi? Am I wrong about that? Am I an idiot? I feel like there's water. But it is, is it on the Mississippi? Because there's cities that are on the Mississippi that all have this kind of like culture, like Memphis or, you know, New Orleans. And then lastly, there's a four second call. I don't know if it's a joke or an accident. Should we listen to it? These are not screened. And they have a great botanical garden there. I remember their botanical garden being very impressive. I like, I like a botanical garden. Well, honey, meet me in St. Louis. Okay. I'll be your tootsie wootsie. Okay. I don't know if this is, I don't know what this is. Hey, Terry, come get your cat. That's making a mess over here. What was that? That's a call that we got. Hey, Terry, come get your cat. That's making a mess over here. All right. So, Terry. Terry, get your cat. It's making a mess. There you go. Public service. Is this like a bulletin board? Like anyone can just leave a. Is that a prank call? Who knows? Okay, what's next? Have I been activated? Is that the code? Why are you holding up a, a playing card? Just a little Manchurian candidate God, reference honey, for you. you. You're just always like referencing movies, you know? I know. It gets tiresome because not a, everyone has seen all the movies that I have seen. You're like a real cinephile. Or is that the Maltese Falcon? No, it was Manchurian, Manchurian Candidate. Okay. I don't think I've seen Maltese Falcon. Yeah, great. I mean, who's in Humphrey that one? Bogart, oh. um, classic. Listen, I think it's time that we bring this one home. Yeah, sorry, I didn't have more energy today, you guys. Maybe you it got was fired better. up when maybe you sang was... about the song, talked about the song, and also sang the song. I mean, you know, 
it gets me going. Like I just I want to crack heads when I hear that. Where can we find you? Well, you know, you can find me at Threads at Daniel Quants at Instagram at Daniel Quants. Q U A N T Z, you know, if you want your daily dose of inspiration <laughs> and just motivation for your daily grind. Yeah. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna rise and grind, don't do it without Q. You gotta check in. It's your morning check in and I'll and I'll be there uh not posting. Right. I love it. Uh and listen, you guys, thank you so much for listening to the show, for following me all these years. If you're new, welcome. And I love you. You're the best. For more on me and this show and whatnot, go to Allison's Links, A-L-I-S-O-N-S-L-I-N-K-S dot com. Wow. For all my links, go straight to my link tree, which you can also find in my Instagram bio. Oh, leave us reviews, won't you? We'll read them on the show uh, on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, do you know and Rose and Show. We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Alice and Rose in, here's your new best.